Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Fast. We come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos will recover the latest news and trends in pop culture as we you know are stalking Jamie Sweet right now in pop culture. Each there you go, right behind you. We're right behind you. Joe and I are just like thugs. We're just like gonna be we want your we want your lunch money, man. We want your lunch money. There you go. Hide out. There you go. It is, of course, again, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. On this week's episode, we cover the worst. We already covered the best. We now cover the worst of pop culture in 2023. And is Pal World Pokemon with guns? We'll talk about that. It darn looks like it, Jamie. I'll leave it at that. A lot of people have bought into it. It's a big hit. So we'll talk a little bit about Pal World. On the Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk more about the NFL playoffs right there for you at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Also as well, speaking of great shows, tomorrow night, I'm assuming. Correct, Joe? Tomorrow night? Not tonight. Tomorrow night? Okay, there you go. Tomorrow night, after the Clippers game, make sure you get your nightcap. Lakers nightcap with Joe Soro also as well. Of course, he's Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. And of course, his company, Simblades. You need to support right now if you're in the Southern California area, Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Jamie Sweet, he is Admiral Akbar, aka Yami Sweet, aka Jamie Sweet. Mr. Five Things with his Five Things articles, along with the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. Mr. I'm going to have to change my day and time, Gerald, once again, Laker Tom. Those two guys you can see. Still, though, each and every day at Lakerholics.com. Our good friends, Empire Jeff TV, who we should congratulate on getting a 1,000 subs today uh, on his latest show. So congratulations to him on that. Also as well, Lakers in five. Also as well, of course, John Costa. He's working hard on his Lakers corner and Clutch Talk. And, of course, the John McCaleyan channel as well. And, of course, Daniel Barry, Sports Highlights. Yo! Always the first one here. Daniel Barry Sports Highlights, go ahead and subscribe to his channel today. And speaking of subscribing, please subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air. 
with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Lakers in 5 is here as well. Two great channels right there. Please subscribe if you haven't already to those great channels. Congratulations again to Lakers, to Empire Jeff on 1,000 subscribers for there. It is Gerald Glassford. Truly appreciate you joining us on this Monday evening. And the question, as the Lakers are 22 and 22, a whopping 500 as the plants are now just zooming in there on uh, Jamie. You're crazy, man. You're crazy. It is, of course, yes. I I just love all the comments about what people want out of your garage and what to put in your garage or what people are expecting is in your garage. Just I love all the comments. Only I know. Only I know. Only he knows indeed. Absolutely. Uh, Stay tuned until Bloomhouse checks it out for sure. But once again, it is, of course, the Lakers fast break. The Lakers, 22 and 22, ninth place in the Western Conference as we speak right now. Not where we want to be, absolutely, heading into the trade deadline. But the question remains, will the Lakers be able to go ahead and make the changes that you want, that make you happy, that you think out there and you've been calling for, that you think we need? Or are we just going to run with what we have as far as the Lakers team is concerned? Considering all the cost factors, considering the lack of things that we can trade, in return, is it a possibility that the Lakers will run with what they have? And here today to discuss that and all the variables are two great panelists indeed. First up, first man here, it is the guy behind Oxide 47 at LakersBall.com. He's also the man that will give you a nightcap tomorrow night at 11 p.m. Lakers nightcap with Joe Sorrell. It is Joe Sorrell and Joe, great to have you here, my friend. Um, wanted to ask you right off the bat, you have been one of the guys just right there in the forefront. Don't expect a lot out there. Don't expect something that's going to just change the dynamic of the Lakers' fortunes like last year. Don't expect a humongous amount of or plethora amount of trades that will just change the scope of the way the Lakers will be run going forward. It looks like the that trade deadline, that huge trade deadline that Rob Palenka pulled off last year was probably what we're going to have to be going with this year, barring a minor trade just to, you know, try to pull out back into the roster. At some point, at some point, the turnover just doesn't work and the, the Lakers have been trying to do this for three seasons now and while it helped a little last year it didn't really help where it mattered and there's still a major deficiency in the coaching area that would likely not matter anyways the Lakers are looking at uh, one possible solution to their problem and that's LeBron James and Anthony Davis playing at a level that they're capable of playing at. Unfortunately, I don't know if they could do it for four series in a row and being on the road in all four series. And that's, that's, that's just what it is. It's not a, It's really not that hard to figure out at this point. Uh, You're looking at uh, the L.A. Clippers and you're looking at the Utah Jazz and you're looking at all these teams that are hovering around 
the standings and then you look at the Lakers and the Lakers are sitting at 500 with the Jazz. The Jazz do not have a single superstar on their team. The Clippers have two superstars on their team. You see where I'm getting at on this? So the team that has two superstars is sitting two and a half games behind the one seed and they're playing well. The Utah Jazz have no superstars and they're sitting exactly where you're at with two superstars. So what is the, what exactly are we looking at there? Right. I'll tell you what we're looking at. We're looking at a team that has been coached better than the Clippers with two superstars and then you have a team that has the same record you have that has no superstars that's coached to 500. Did everybody follow me on that? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? That's where we're at. Whether that changes or not is to be seen. We still have to see the results. But the, the faith in that is that we're not going to change uh, unless something drastic happens with the stars that we have that's going to be able to make up for the inability of the coaching staff to do what they need to do. And that's it. Uh, bringing in Murray would mean, because that seems to be the the name of the, of the day, the name of the week. You bring in Murray, some of these draft scenarios basically is, are saying you're going to have to give up your draft pick. You're going to have to be, give up uh, D'Angelo Russell, you're going to have to give up Rui Hachimura. Uh, I haven't seen Reeves in there for Murray, but those two. So now you're removing more depth. You're removing more assets to get this one savior whom hasn't really been able to do much in Atlanta and is a player that the San Antonio Spurs got rid of. Two things you do not do in the NBA at this moment. Do not ever sign a Miami Heat reject and do not ever sign any <laughs> has thrown to the trash. <laughs> was was not trashed. Kawhi Leonard was traded because mm. he could not stand the operation in San Antonio. He was thrown into the furthest team. I mean, I'm serious. Like Popovich threw threw Kawhi as far as he could in the middle of nowhere in Canada to get him out of the West. And that's where Sean is, by the way. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where he got thrown. People, don't, no one wants to go play in Toronto. No one wants to go play in Minnesota. No one wants to go play in Charlotte or New Orleans. So it's just, that's where those places are. That's just what it is. And uh, other than that scenario, you you, you got to pay attention to the, what do they call it? The tea leaves. Pay attention to those things because those things matter. They tell you a story. And um, until the trade deadline is done, we're going to hear all these cockamamie scenarios. And, and, and my, this, my, if I'm running this, you can get something if you can, but make sure you don't give up too much in the end. But I, I don't know if that's possible. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro. Go ahead and check out him every timeout starting tomorrow night at 11 p.m. for a Lakers nightcap. Join him for a nightcap right here for you at the Lakers Fast Break at 11 p.m. tomorrow. 
night, just to let everybody know. Just a heads up, if you're just joining us, uh, it has been reported. Thanks to Juan for the heads up. On Twitter, noted by all the Lakers reporters out there that LeBron is out for tomorrow's game against the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, you know, so he plays against the Portland Trail Blazers. He, you know, he plays against the Brooklyn Nets, Jamie. And uh, he does not play against the Los Angeles Clippers. So be that as it may, uh, you know, this team looks like it will be a pretty good shot. that will be back under 500 this time on Wednesday. So with all that said and done, and the fact that the Lakers just have so many, uh, you know, just, I mean, just problems right now as far as what to address, what the needs are, but have so little in return that they can trade for it, plus the fact you have the repeater tax that's staring at you in the face oh, that you can guys. avoid, and a fit $14 million kicker if you do get, avoid that. So your thoughts, my friend, with all this going into as far as one way or the other, do you want to improve your team or do you want to improve your future? Those are the things you have to consider as the Lakers get closer to that trade deadline. I don't know that we can improve our present very well. I don't uh, think so either. I, I think that you're going to make what's going to amount to a lateral move and you're going to compromise what future you already have given away. Everybody says that the Lakers should be in win-now mode. LeBron's 39. He's 39. <laughs> He's played as much as he can possibly play this season. AD has played as much as he will ever play this season. And we're 500. And that's with guys, you know, a little bit up and down, but that's what happens, right? A little bit up and down. It's not going to change, you know, if you get Murray. It's not going to change if you get Brown. It's not going to change if you get Brogdon and, or any of those guys that are gettable. I, the only thing I would consider is maybe trading for Lowry's expiring contract and getting up a lot of cap space next season. Good point. Get, just try to get somebody who can play well. That's it. I don't, we're not going to beat the best teams this season. It's not going to happen. It's 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 going to be hard. It's going to be very this hard. It's not going to happen. We're not as good as Boston. We're not as good. We're not as good as the top five teams in the NBA. We're nowhere close. We're nowhere close. So, if you object, if you can think with an objectionable mind, an objective mind rather, I, I have an objectionable mind, but mm -hmm. I just think that we're we're at best going to tread water. And if the best you can do is tread water, then you know, don't don't mortgage the future. Good point. That's Good point. that's where I'm at. That's not a popular opinion, but yeah. it's a, a but realistic one. You and I yeah. have always trended on that realistic ideals that uh, I know Laker Tom also loves so much. You know, and just and it just irritates him to no end when you and I think like that. And Joe comes in and he starts leaning towards what we're talking about because of the realistic fact that the Lakers probably with whatever moves that they make joe just don't have enough just don't have enough to go ahead and give up as far as assets just don't have enough to you know just to trade in order to go ahead and get this team to where they can compete against a boston a denver uh, a milwaukee whoever is who you believe is at the top of the eastern or western conferences joe the only thing we can we can uh, bet on well hope for is that D'Angelo Russell continues to play as well as he has 
Austin Reeves tries his best, and he has been playing pretty good basketball in terms of his skill set. Vando's improving a little, little by little. Cam Reddish, uh, unfortunately, is not healthy enough to play consistent enough, so I don't really know what to expect for him. And Darwin Ham's going to need to use Rui in a, in a, now that he's starting him. Uh, need to use him in in, in, his, in the best possible way, which is keep him moving and get him to his spots. And Austin Reeves is also another player that we saw in the last game where uh, I think he got a couple of uh, plays run for him and uh, found himself open for for wide open shots from from downtown and, and made that and made them. Those are the type of things you wanna you wanna do. Now it's hard to use the Portland game as a barometer to for things to come because. Portland is an absolute disaster. Uh, There's talk of Portland going, what is going on there? Like, what is the future there? Almost the same same questions in Portland are going on in L.A., except L.A. has good players. But the abyss is is near. The the end is near. And uh, I I happened to actually fall in uh, while I was clicking today because it's been raining all day today, so operations for work has been halted until at least tomorrow, possibly Wednesday. So I had a chance to sit home today and just veg out and, and uh, happened to run into the, the NBA today. And normally I don't watch the show because uh, usually it's just nonsense, but they did have Windhorse on there. They had Ramona Shelburne and uh, I don't, I don't mind them a little. I, I don't mind them. I, I think I, I can get some good information from them every now and then. But then there was uh, other guys on there, like you know Perkins and all them, and they had mentioned how uh, there's 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 some things that might have to happen in LA. And then I got quickly disinterested when they started talking about LeBron and Bronny playing. It's nauseating to me, and it's something that I'm gonna have to. And and there was a panelist on there. I forgot her name. Uh, former WNBA player. I forgot her name, but. You could tell she was trying to say, like, this this should not be the focus. You know, this is a professional league. But she she found herself probably in a, in a weird spot where if she went all the way with it, there'd be some backlash because everybody there was kissing this brawny playing with LeBron thing. You mean Gina Ogumike? Yes, her, her, yes, yes. She I think she played trying, with the Sparks. If I yeah, remember. she was trying to say, like, what – at least that was my interpretation where she's like, well, it, you know, that can't really be the focus. And, and I, and we've been, I, at least I've been saying the fact that this is not a, this is not an exhibition game where father and son are playing. Like this is the N F and freaking BA. Uh, I am tired of this discussion. I don't want to hear about LeBron's kid anymore. I don't want to hear it, especially considering he's not good enough to play in the NBA. He's had one double-digit game. He is not good. He's never been good enough. And the fact that this discussion is going on and, and at a time like this where the Lakers are 22 and 22 is aggravating to me because it's taking away the attention from what needs to get done from your number one guy, and he's allowing it. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to not go there with LeBron. His focus, his, his maybe his he's he's kind of re- resolved at the fact that he's not going to win a championship, and I can understand that to a degree. But maybe that's why you're not winning it because you've been thinking about this too much. 
and I'm frankly tired of it. I, I don't I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't care about Bronny James and where he plays and whether he gets drafted. And the fact that I'm mentioning this right now is bothering me. I'm a Laker fan. LeBron James is supposed to be the greatest player of all time and who can still play. These guys should be focused on trying to win, not about some fantasy thing that's supposed to happen here in the next year. And anybody who drafts Bronny James, whoever drafts him, whoever drafts him should be fired as a GM. If you're doing it for ticket sales, you should get fired. And the NBA should get, seriously, it's a, it, it, you become a joke at that point in, in my book. I'm tired of this discussion. If LeBron wants to go play with his kid, I, I my hope is that he opts out at the end of the year and leaves. Let's free up some money and let's see if the Lakers can rebuild around AD. I don't think AD is going to demand a trade if LeBron leaves. Maybe I'm being naive there, but I don't think he will. The I only place the Lakers... I'd say is unless Chicago really opens up. Well, Chicago is Chicago, guys. Uh, Chicago has done nothing in what now? 26 years? Yeah. 25 years? I'm uh, just saying because it's its hometown. The Lakers have, uh, yeah, well, you know, LeBron left his hometown of Cleveland, even though it's from Akron, twice. So I don't know if that means anything in the end. And plus, the Chicago Bulls are a joke. They'll continue to be a joke as long as whoever's in charge there continues to be in charge. They haven't been able to fix anything. They wanted a rebuild after the 98 championship. They're still rebuilding. They basically became the Chicago Cubs, just like Michael Jordan predicted. They ended up becoming the Chicago Cubs, who kept rebuilding for what? almost a, a, a hundred years until they won a title in 16. But I, as a fan, I am loyal to the Lakers. I'm, I'm loyal to the Lakers, I'm not loyal to LeBron. I'm not loyal to Anthony Davis. I'm loyal to the Lakers. And I want the Lakers to win championships or compete for championships. If you don't want to do that, you don't want to at least give it a shot. Then you need to go opt out and go to Orlando or go to Charlotte or go to the, the Wiz or whatever dumb team that continues to be useless. Go draft people for ticket sales and go play over there. Because I'm, 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 I'm over this discussion. I'm so done with this thing. And then if that's the case, as Tyrone says, you'll have $50 million on the books. The Lakers will most likely no longer be a repeater tax. They'll have $14 million they've gotten because of the fact that they stayed under the tax. And just by the fact that another season has elapsed, Joe, the Lakers will have two additional, I believe two additional first round draft choices. Good. As good. far as that, and, if and they want to go ahead and trade for a major player. Good. And that's needs to be the focus for Mr. Palinka and Miss Buss. That is now where you need to start going. It's, it's not. I'm sure Rob right now is on the phone trying to figure out if there's something he can do before the deadline, and that's fine. But I believe after the deadline, when either you've gotten something that's probably not going to matter, or maybe you butcher everything and trade D'Angelo and Rui for Murray and your what little assets you have, <clears throat> you're going to quickly find out by the end of the year that, it wasn't going to be enough, and it probably won't be enough. But I'm I'm tired of this fantasy league BS. I am so over it. 
I play fantasy football, and that's it. But when my team is on TV, I don't give two craps about fantasy football. I don't play fantasy basketball. I, at some point, there's got to be a break. I don't, you know, once a week is one thing, every day doing something that, that I don't have that time. But I am done with this fantasy discussion. I, I just thought it was hilarious that these guys are talking about a guy a freshman at USC about the Lakers. What the hell does that have to do with the fact that the Lakers are 22 and 22 and have sucked practically the entire year? What what is the what is this Taylor Swift BS garbage that's going on? I don't I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it and I don't want to hear about it. And that's it. Get this thing figured out. If, if LeBron is not serious about winning championships in L.A., he wants to go play with his kid, try to convince him to opt out this year and have him go somewhere. That's kind of where I'm at with that. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrow and myself, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this. Truly appreciate it. Just some guy we know as Jamie Sweet. Jamie, was that a Lakers magnet on your refrigerator? I, I don't know. Oh, there he is. Yep, yep. Just thought I knew I caught it out of the corner of my eye there. So, yeah, there you go. Wanted to go well, ahead always, and listen. I always love the team. It's just it's been really frustrating these last two seasons, man. It's been really, wow. it grates on my nerves. Uh, again, this is something that we've talked about many times in the show this is an organizational issue this starts at the very top and i'm sorry i'm just not going to mince words and it just matriculates from there i mean the number of years versus the number of playoff appearances yes we do have a title very much appreciated that's great but overall you eva how do you evaluate success as someone who runs owns governs the team whatever you want to phrase it and as someone who GMs, vice presidents, or whatever you want to say as far as him managing the team, you know, between Jeannie and Rob, again, how do you define their tenure in what they're doing? That's what I ask, because then you'll find the answers on where we're at. 
because the fact it just it speaks for itself everything flows for a reason everything is done for a reason all these trades they worked out short term for us but obviously they have not panned out long term in many cases so jamie i ask you again i think laker fans i understand they'll still they'll they'll feed into the rumors of zach levine until february the 8th they'll feed into the rumors of dejounte murray until february the 8th they'll feed into whatever the hot new name is out there malcolm brogdon whoever is out there until February 8th. But the realistic view that we try to give you is that no matter who comes here, it will not change the dynamic enough to get the Lakers where people want them to go. And if that's the case, it is probably better financially for the Lakers, Jamie and Joe, that they may not go ahead and do too much enough to cost themselves a little bit down the road. Save the money now make sure they can utilize it later on. I mean, again, this is, I would, if, if I were running the team, if I were running the team, I would try to package enough money to trade for Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, can't say his name today. Mm-hmm. And maybe get some second round draft picks back from Miami for your troubles. Well, let Vincent, me ask you this though, if that's the yes. case, as long as I kept you under the cap, right? No, 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 it has to be under the cap because his deal expires next season. Yeah, I understand, but no, I'm as far as for this season because of the Lakers. No, you get, yeah, you got it. Stay under the cap. Don't do your whole. Do, I mean, they're going to stay under the cap. No they're right at it right now. I know. That's they fun- anybody who thinks the Lakers don't function like a small market team has been fooling themselves. They 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 manage their team like the Memphis Grizzlies or the Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets do, despite the fact that they're a billion dollar franchise. Thought I was going to sneeze there for a second. I apologize. Um, don't you're going to make me sneeze. I know it's one of those moments where you're like, I've yeah. got this still right by me because I'm still. I know we've all, we're all battling. Water. We're all battling the uh, the winter seasons here, and oh, that we are in our in our desert states that we all to choose to live in. I, I there's not a trade out there that pushes the needle enough that to me that justifies sending out a 2029 draft pick or really even a pick swap. Like you want, you need to have some kind of future, right? You can't. Every everybody plans. If you run a business, you don't just plan for the successful times. You also plan for the lean times. And we will enter a lean time when LeBron retires, even if AD is still on the team. It doesn't matter. AD alone is not enough. AD and LeBron together aren't even enough right now. So if you had the twenty-two nine, I think it is that Kyle's expiring deal represents, mm-hmm. then you have some money to work with next summer. You have some money to work with to bring in somebody like DeRozan, who will at least play more than Vincent has and can at least be trusted to initiate an offense and score better than more consistently than Reeves or Delo has shown. And like, I'd like to believe this little three game stretch of D'Angelo Russell, but I think the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, in a week or two, when his focus slips, he's going to go right back to the streaky guy. We all know him to be. And that's, that's just who he is. It's not a knock on his. He's he's you know he's good at what he is good at, but he's a streaky shooter. He's not hyper athletic, and he's not somebody who stays aggressive over the course of an entire season. He's not in attack mode all season long. He's in attack mode when it kind of suits him. And Reeves is kind of showing up to be the same player. I don't understand why the Lakers think anybody, really anybody, is untouchable. That I would never put that label on him. I would never. I would just never say it. 
I wouldn't put it out there because it's like a coach in preseason saying, Oh, I want to find a set lineup, dude. You don't you just keep, keep, it's fine for you to want that, but you don't need to voice it. You don't need to put it out on the media so that when it doesn't happen, you're not ridiculed. It, it's just, it's, it's mind boggling to me. Some of the things these, these people say and don't expect to get burned on the back end of it. So, I just don't see a trade that moves the needle enough, and I don't see it. Oh, you made a really cool Forky, man. Sorry, my daughter just made Forky uh, oh, from the Toy Story movies. So if anybody nice. would like to see Forky incarnate, come on by uh, Come on by the west side, and we'll, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll Toy Story it up. I, I just I don't want to punt on the season. I would like to see if Reeves or Russell can play at the level consistently that they've shown they can play in flashes. Um, you know, Reeves, I still think has some upside. I think D'Lo's the guy. I think he's, this is, this is it. You're not going to see another dimension from D'Angelo Russell in his career. I think if you were to bring in a quality $20 million player next this summer, and then with D'Lo's, once he picks up his option, because he will, once he picks up his option, then it's an expiring 18-5 deal. You can package that with two draft picks along with a Hachimura at this point, Vanderbilt, who will be eligible to be traded now next summer or next season, rather, I apologize. You can start to work around the margins of the team. Uh, look, try to build something that works around AD. You have to start to plan for a non-LeBron version of the Lakers at some point. The dude's 39, okay? There's a reason. He's just old. It's a, it's a young man's game, and I'm, I'm, that's not a knock against him. He's done things I, I, I don't think – I didn't think were possible. He's played at a level at this age that I didn't think was possible. I think that because we've been riding him so hard all season long, he's going to start to miss games here towards the end of the season, and he should because we're going to have any shot in the playoffs. He needs to be as close to 100% as he can be. So, you know – we're only a few games away from the sixty, but the way the Lakers are playing, it feels like a million. It feels like we're a million games out of contention for the sixth seed, and that, you know, any little stretch like we hit after the IST where we go, you know, four and thirteen, two and ten, something like that. Yeah, you're done. You're done. <laughs> you're absolutely done in the West. So what's what 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 does anybody see or think that's that makes one believe that that isn't possible? I, I haven't seen anything. The coach has the weirdest rotations in the league, maybe not the weirdest, but like top five weird rotations in the league. And sure, we can use injuries as an excuse, but also, I mean, this is the same guy who was addicted to the three guard lineup for the entire season last year, and it never worked. It never worked, and he never went away from it. And so, there's just something about this whole setup that feels so stubborn that everybody is just like, we've made a decision and it w- will look bad if we change our minds. When the fact of the matter is you need to be, mer- you need to be like mercury. You need to be slipping and sliding all over the place in order to find the crack that gets you to the ne- next level. Cause it's not going to be given to you. And it doesn't just always come because you made a decision or that you ran it back or that chemistry is going to like improve. It obviously didn't. We banked on chemistry. It didn't. It didn't have the impact that we all wanted it to and hoped that it would. It just didn't. It just didn't. So, and whatever reason that may be, it's it was mystifying to me that that 
they went with, again, it was mystifying to me that Prince continues to start over Hachimura. If you're going to, if I were the coach and I was going to go down, I would play my five best players and say, let's go make it happen. And I would let the bench work itself out. I would not worry about, oh, my bench is a little bit weaker than it needs to. Like that's for the general manager, manager to address. You play your five best players. I don't see Torian Prince in a lot of the five best lineups. And really just hasn't really gotten the shot that I think anybody and as I, I'm just this whole season has been very confusing to me. I don't understand I don't understand the rationale between <laughs> running it back, but then running away from what worked. I, 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 my brain isn't wrapping around that very well. I don't I just can't justify it. I can't explain it. And I don't agree with it. So I just am kind of like in a place of like, what what are we doing? What what what, what was the point of bringing these five guys back on like pr- pretty team friendly deals for the most part? If they weren't going to be a major cog in the wheel, if you're only going to play Hachimura 20 minutes, 17 minutes a game with his mystery minutes restriction, evidently, which may or may not still be in effect, evidently. It was as of last week, according to Darvin Ham. That's what I'm saying. But all of this to me is just speaks to fear. People making and saying things out of fear, out of the fear of losing, out of the fear that they've made a mistake. And the worst thing you can do is be afraid of the mistakes you made. You're going to make a mistake. You're going to blow it. Accept it as fact. Accept it as truth. But how do you react? How do you how do you move past the blowing it? And if you can't figure that out, you're in trouble as a professional sport franchise. So I feel like the Lakers are in trouble because they seem, at least to me, to be operating from a position of uncertainty uh and a lack of a lack of you know we're going to a gunfight and we only got like three bullets in the in the six shooter you know we're we're we're, we're outgunned we're outmanned and there's nothing that's going to change that so it's it's just a it's just a it's a sad state of affairs that i don't see improving with one or two trades in that 2029 draft day which is why i don't think we'll make a trade i think we'll stand pat once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Jamie Sweet, just some guy. You got to check out at Lakerholics.com. Also as well, Laker Tom's there, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. Please support them today at Lakerholics.com. Is he going to be doing the dishes again this time, my friend? Looks like it. Yeah, there you go. Joe, I want to ask you this, though. D'Angelo Russell has been on the mind of a lot of people because of his outburst recently. He did suffer the tailbone injury. Then he also was benched. Uh, coming off the bench in limited minutes uh, was very ineffective. And after the tailbone injury seemed to find some type of rhythm in his game, uh, catapults him back into the starting lineup. Uh, he's found uh, an even greater rhythm. He's, he's uh, obviously been much more aggressive, as he stated in interviews. But is he truly a player that can take us where we want to go? Uh, he has never, ever been a player that an organization has been fully behind, even when the, he was on the Nets and he took them to a playoff spot or helped them as a all-star player at that time, take them to the playoffs, didn't have enough faith in him. So they shipped him out. Golden State didn't think he was the answer, shipped him out. The stats proved in Minnesota that he was not the answer. They were better team with him off the floor than on, even though he is a 40% three-point shooter there. They shipped him out. So I ask you, my friend, his game relies, uh, I know Tyrone said he's as consistent as a consistent, the 17-point game score over the course of his career, 18-point game score over the course of his career. 
his game relies on a lot of bursts. He doesn't get too many drives or floaters, whatnot. He can do it when called upon, but he is more perimeter based and he is more into as far as his bursts. And his bursts can provide that extra little something that the Lakers truly need at times, like we saw in the Memphis series. He was that little difference that catapulted us into that second round. Your thoughts, though, on D'Angelo Russell. Is he someone that we should be interested in retaining long-term, or is it just a case of you've got a guy that can do some certain things, looks good at certain times, but the overall puzzle does not ever get put together with D'Angelo Russell? The best place to start would be tomorrow, just to, to put value on. And, and, He'll get a lot of shots, that's for sure. Without LeBron, it's these kind of games where if you're running a, a, a coherent system, you can you can get by even if you're playing a team like the Clippers. The Clippers are naturally going to play a little bit more relaxed tomorrow, knowing that LeBron's not playing. So if you're smart, you catch them off guard and still beat them. That's that's and D'Angelo would have to play a big part in that. If you can create something like that, because they've failed almost every time when LeBron sits and when they play anybody of any substance. And this has been going on for a while. Any matter of fact, they lose to lousy teams even when some when LeBron sits. If you wanna if you want us to take you seriously, these are the type of games that you can you can make it serious in that you win and your secondary guys come through and cover your back. But we have yet to see it here for the last few years. I, I, I can't, unfortunately, hold too much too much hope on that. My first instinct is that they're going to get smoked tomorrow. Uh, and that's just probably what it's going to be until I see otherwise. It's, it's a matter of results. That's all it is. The results dictate the tone. The, the results dictate the attitude. And regardless if it's the way the NBA is or whatever, I don't really find too many teams in the NBA to be resilient in my book. I think most, most players in the NBA are soft. I think they're, uh, when there's adversity, I think they fold more than not. And there's some good talent there. Uh, you could say that Miami has bucked that trend to some degree, but they seem to run into a problem when they meet a team in the end. Because I, I, when you look at the difference between first round, second round, conference finals and finals, I cannot tell you how big of a jump each round is, especially the conference finals and the NBA finals. I'll, I'll use an analogy. It's the difference between going from college to the NBA. That's how big of a difference it is. When you get to the finals, there's a whole, it's a whole new ballgame. And talent, greatness, great players, great teams win those series. Teams that know what they're doing. Teams that are understanding the, 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 what's at stake. And being that today is Kobe's uh, eight, what is it, 18th anniversary? 18, yeah. 
18th anniversary since he scored 81 points. One of the things that I like to point out in his career, because he had a unique career, uh, and, I, and I say this is in when you look at LeBron, you look at Jordan, you look at AI, you look at to some degree, you know, Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter, his contemporaries and the people that he was trying to catch, other than maybe Magic. He didn't really have full autonomy until like his eighth, eighth year in his career, really. His first eight years, he was playing for titles with someone else. And in that time, he went to four NBA finals, ran into a little bit of a hole for a couple of years, and then Mitch Kupchak brought in Pagasol, and then he saw another run of three straight finals appearances with two titles. When you look at Kobe Bryant's 14 seasons, from, from rookie to his 14th season, Kobe, with two different dynasties, and I use dynasty in quotes, some people will argue that the the second one wasn't, even though they went to three straight finals. Uh, he was in the finals half of that time. And not only was he there during that time, half the time, he was in a massively competitive conference. And when you go from that to fast forward to now, it's hard. It's really hard to you know, it's really hard to get away from that. It's really hard to get away from that because I feel like nowadays it's just like, eh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what, I don't know what the, what are we supposed to get excited for? A, a team that's going to be a sixth seed, a fifth seed. I don't know. Eh, too much, it's too much losing and too much entitlement at this point. I don't see anything beyond that right now. So I ask you, Jamie, and bring it back to you, my friend. And once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate you joining us, whether you're watching or listening. Cannot thank you enough for doing so. Please like and subscribe to get the latest notifications on when we go live tomorrow for our full coverage of the Lakers and Clippers tomorrow. So I ask you, Jamie, if that's the case, I think you, myself, and Joe are trying to be the voices of reason here. I know the, the best chat room that's out there for the lakers the lakers fast break community right now is hoping and asking and wanting for individuals and saying it's only a matter of time but i, I just think the lakers at this point there is no magic fix there is no magic elixir i think you know if you run with this team you're going to get what you're going to get if you make a move along the margins you're going to get what you're going to get if you try to uh, trade for a a a decent name because there's no big name there's no kevin durant floating around there or kyrie irving floating around there this time around you're going to get what you're going to get i mean there's not even like a pau gasol right there's not even a pau gasol floating around and it's interesting joe brought up an interesting point that i'd like to expound upon a little bit when we when Kobe was coming up and he basically, whether he wanted to or not, played second fiddle, he grew up in a system. He grew up in a system that was proven and that worked for that era of basketball. I'm not trying to say the Lakers should go back to playing the triangle offense. I think that that's not, the, that's not what I'm saying. Were we to trade for a player now, 
We're not trying to put them into a system. We're just trying to find people who fit besides two other players. And we've done that after trading or not keeping guys who proved that they did. And guys like Caruso, Schroeder, quality guards that can play offense and defense and understand where they where they sit in the in the pecking order. And so everybody likes to sh- put out star names, big, splashy, big names that make you think, oh, here comes great basketball. I don't always think that that's true. You need to find the right players. And we may not have all the information. We may not know who that exactly is. But I do know this. I remember the day that I heard that Kwame Brown had been traded for Pau Gasol, that the Lakers' entire fortunes had changed for the better because I couldn't think of a more complimentary player to Kobe Bryant. And I couldn't think of a better player who could fit into Phil Jackson's system than Pau Gasol. Was Pau Gasol the most dominant, most athletic, best shooting? No. There were better shooters, better defenders, maybe no better passers at his position at the time. And the same when we acquired Lamar Odom. I thought when we had um, Mike Brown and Mike D'Antoni, I thought this is the wrong coach for Lamar. They're just going to tell him to shoot a lot. Whether we want him to or not, Lamar didn't want to go out there and shoot a lot. He wanted to just play basketball, whatever, you know, be in the game, make it happen, win, win. Not He was into winning. He just wasn't into scoring 30 a night. Then we got Phil Jackson for two point or for the, his you know second go through. I was like, this is going to help unlock Lamar Odom because it's a coach that fit with the player and a player that fit into the coach's system. What is Darvin Ham's system? It's it's I, it, it, it's mystifying to me. It, I, and you know you know you know how big of a fan club I am of the Frank Vogel fan club. But I will never ever ever criticize that guy's defensive moxie. His offense is highly un- is unimaginative, bordering on non-existent, but his ability to coach and instill a defensive principles in a team is maybe second to none, at least in the modern coaching era. I, I don't know what – I mean, Darvin Ham says all sorts of things in his press conferences, but when I watch the game, I don't see it. I don't see a cohesive defensive scheme. I don't see – a style of offense that separates itself the way that you can see how Boston and Milwaukee, when they had Drew Holiday, those teams' defense does, and how you can see the Denver point of attack run through Jokic works. And it's not because we don't have good, better players than that. LeBron is every bit the passer that Jokic is. We just... And maybe this is because LeBron doesn't want to go into the pub. I, I don't understand why we don't do things like run LeBron off the block, like give him the ball on the block and let him break the defense down from there. Back to the basket, face up, it doesn't matter. Somewhere not at the three-point line. We have the most I, – I just don't I – don't, I, I don't see what a trade is going to change. I, I understand people want to see – I think they just want to see something change because it's been so disappointing. And that's, that's human nature. That's fine. That is human nature when it comes but down it's, to that's, that, 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 you know, I can change my socks and it's still going to be rainy, you know, change, change in and of itself. Doesn't fix things. Doesn't change anything. Doesn't r- remedy all problems. So I, I don't think this is one of those moments where 
like you said, there's not a, there's not a name out there that swings the fortunes and turns us into a top five team. There just isn't. And that's not a knock against Murray or, or Brown or Brogdon or Jeremy Grant, even, you know, although I consider many of those to be that we could be easily outbid for any of those players. Should we really go all in, even if we included Reeves, I think it's easy for any team who, you know, has the assets like the Knicks bucks, even with some of the contracts they have and the players that are attached to them who have been part of winning teams uh, could offer. And so, and top it off, nobody wants to do the Lakers any favors. Not really, not for the, you know, they'd like that 2029 pick I'm sure, but not at the, not at the, you know, price of getting fleeced. And Murray for the 2029 and, you know. It's not worth it. Well, and he's not. He, to me, it's it, not worth it. I agree. I mean, he's not worth it, but also Atlanta can do better. <laughs> Atlanta really could do better than what Atlanta traded three first-round draft picks right. to get him. Right. They want at least two back, you would think. The only team that can do that and that actually has a need for him as well might be the Knicks and fits in great with what they do there. So, you know, I – I understand people wanting to see action and movement and, and feel like, you know, that the chemistry is coming back in terms of like, you know, the molecules. They figured moving. it worked last year. Why not this year? But that everything about it was different. Russ was a massive expiring deal. Everything about it made the team that acquired him. Suddenly you have all the financial flexibility you could ever desire. That's not going to happen this year. You're basically trading for B tier players and a pick six years out. And that's the reality. That's the reality. And it's not going to change with a 30-point game against the Blazers. It's not going to change if Reeves get a tri- gets a triple-double against the Clippers or if Rui Hachimura drops 40 in the next week. They're BT pl- B-tier players. And that's fine. The NBA is full of them. We're not making the most out of them. We don't have a system that makes our best players better and our good players better we play de- we, we coach down to the talent level we don't empower the talent level to work have something to fall back on that makes it better that was one of the great things about those laker basketball teams Derek fisher is not a hall of fame point guard based on his stats but based on the number of titles he won because he understood how to fit in on a team and do what was required of him that's what this team doesn't seem to grasp. It doesn't understand that to win, it might not mean scoring 20 points. It might mean boxing out. It might mean just staying in your defensive set and not gambling. And it might mean communicating more often on defense, simple, simple things. And it just doesn't feel like if, and if, you know, Listen, the coaching staff is every day saying, you know, going over and over and over, and the players just aren't, it's not sinking in. Then, yeah, they're probably not the right players for this coach. You got to find players that listen to the coach. You got to find players that accept whatever challenge is put before them by the coaching staff. It's a two way road. Coaching staff also has to put the players in the best possible position they can be to succeed in. And I just don't feel like either one of those requirements is anywhere near being met. And, I just don't see, I don't see it changing. So that's, that's where I'm coming from is that I I know, I know what a good basketball team looks like. We've watched them. All three of us have watched them for the last 40 years, which is that that's a long time. (laughs) 
makes us old. But it also means we're not talking out our butts. You know, we have a foundation of knowledge with which to fall back upon. And so, you know, that not to knock anybody off the off their hopes or anything, but Murray ain't changing this. None of the guys that we're talking about changing this. It's, yeah, it's JFJ pretty... is hard on Zach Levine, and I'm just got to, you know what? No. Oh, he'll score a thousand points for the Lakers. He'll give up a thousand and five. Right. It's 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 a two when he comes off the injured list again. He's listen. This is this is yeah. I don't I don't know what the fix is. I'm not I'm not in a position to make that decision. I think that if it were me, I would stand pat. If it were me, I would reevaluate the coach seriously this summer. Um, And if you don't want to fire him, that's fine. But be honest with him about what feels like limitations. Bring in somebody who can create a dynamic point of attack offense that doesn't rely on just uh, LeBron, a 39-year-old, going to be 40 next season. Man, breaking down the defense from the three-point line. Because it's not, it's just not working. It's not working. And Reeves isn't breaking. Nobody's collapsing the defense like you need in the modern NBA. And so, I, you know, I, it's, it's, it's a sad but true reality. And if you believe in this team, you, then you got to take the coach aside and be like, look, man, you're not coaching this team right. Jeannie should know what a good, you know, what a, what a team looks like. She, she was there during the Phil years. She was there during the Pat Riley years. She watched the same games we all watched. And so that's the other mildly confounding thing about all this is that she seems to be kind of on board with what's happening. I'm sure she's not happy with it, but she doesn't seem to be really trying to. And most, to be honest, other than Mark Cuban, most owners tend to stay out of it during the regular season, which I appreciate, to be honest. You know, I don't, nobody wants, nobody wants a, to be micromanaged. But at the same time, you got a rookie head coach, well, now sophomore head coach, second year with guys who are win now guys. So all of this just feels like it's kind of come to the head to a head in the most mediocre possible way. And that's a bummer. It's a bummer, man. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers fast break podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro, Jamie Sweet. uh, Joe, before I get Magic Man on the air, I wanted to go ahead and hit you up for some final thoughts on this uh, in regards to it. Magic Man, I'm getting you on the air right now. Joe, uh, do you concur with Jamie that we just need to take a more realistic approach to the rest of the season and moving forward? Sure, but it's not going to go that way. The Lakers are going to likely try and put Humpty Dumpty together, but we know the result of that. It, it, it unfortunately is they've been trying to do that for how long here, and it's just it's just not in the cards, folks. It's just not. Uh, 
it would take a miracle. It would take a a monumental click into everyone's head, and Darvin Ham would have to start knowing how to manage his roster. It just it just doesn't. It just you can't you can't expect that if you know how basketball works. What what I would like to see in in four months. Uh, let's say four months for they make the playoffs and then they lose or whatever, right? I'd like to see some kind of direction, like a focus on it's time to start thinking about how we're going to create a championship team now instead of trying to play for a championship that you're not going to get to. And you still have Anthony Davis, and he's still rather young. So you at least aren't one of those teams where, you know, let's use the Bulls as an example in 98, where Rodman is going to be gone, Pippen is going to be gone, Jordan's going to retire, Luke Longley is going to be gone. Like everybody left all at once. We're not going to have to worry about that. We just signed Anthony Davis to his second extension. And I'd like to think that Anthony Davis appreciates that. And I'd like to think that his agency appreciates the fact that the Lakers not only once, but twice since he's been here for four seasons, have given him two extensions knowing his injury history. Now, if he isn't that guy, okay, there's worse things that you that can happen. You have a very talented player who's going to be able to fetch you some assets, draft assets. Heck, I'm, I'm still looking at Oklahoma City, if that were the case. There's no better place for Anthony Davis. Let's just, for discussion purposes here, let's say LeBron wants to go play in Siberia with his kid, wherever that is. And Anthony Davis like, you know what? I don't want to be here for a rebuild. I'd like to be traded too respectfully. Great. First call is to Presti. Because if I'm Presti, I'm going, hell yes. I get Anthony Davis with Shea Gilgis and Chet. We're going to go to the championship. Probably go to the championship. But what the Lakers are going to get out of that deal is stacks and stacks of draft assets that they have. And that's how you start. And that's how you start building a team. There's no other choice. There's no other choice. The NBA has put this together in that way. They don't want anybody leaving their teams anymore. They're setting up these super uh, max contracts and no one is really going to want to mess with that. Okay. If these are the new rules, then you got to roll with the new rules. Anthony Davis doesn't want to stay here and try to keep the Lakers competitive. Then you go get as many assets as you can with that guy. And then with LeBron, I, I'm no one's going to trade for LeBron. This, you'd, you'd be the, a fool if you did. So that guy's leaving on his own, just like he has the last three times he had the ability to do that. So that's fine. It's still $50 million that you can get off the books. And then you still have, you know, Austin Reeves, Rui, if you want to re-sign D'Angelo, if you need some depth, obviously things might change at that point, but at least you know you have that if if you want to go that way. But the Lakers really, as, 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 a, as, a, as an organization, really need to understand that they cannot put themselves in a position like they did after Kobe retired, or I should say after Kobe 
blew out his Achilles. They did not prepare for the next step. They were delusional. They were nostalgic. They were loyal. Folks, I appreciate loyalty. I appreciate paying back those who helped you. But look what happened when you did that. You were winning 17 games a year. And you were drafting good players, but you were going nowhere. You were going to go nowhere with Randall, with D'Angelo, with Brandon Ingram, with Lonzo Ball. You weren't going to go anywhere with those guys, at least where they need to go. So you now need to understand what the next step is. The next step is you got to get your assets before you have to sit there and hope for the ball to go your way. That's it. That's where that's where this stands at this point. You're not you're not going anywhere. You stick with what you have right now. Try and see if you can make one last ditch effort to making this work. Make the chemistry work. Uh, but if you can't, don't ruin your future. Don't start sending more draft assets out. Don't do lateral trades that might help you for a couple of weeks. And then as soon as Murray starts hitting missing three pointers, now you're gonna hate yourself. We all know what happens when you come to LA, folks. That's <laughs> so funny. I, I apologize. Keep going. I apologize. Well, I'm, I'm trying to read what you're laughing at. I can't see it. <laughs> Scroll up a little further. He's having a back and forth with none other than Kurt Affair. But uh, I do want to go ahead and get him in here with some uh, thoughts before we head on out. Go ahead, uh, Sean. Unless he wants to keep the, the, the stream going, that's up to him. It is the guy, the man, the myth, the legend. It is the man-man from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and stop on by with Scarface. Say hello to his little friend. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. Sean, great to have you here. That's what she said. Oh, my gosh. I knew you were going to top that. Uh, great to have you here, my friend. And the thing is, when it comes right down to it, as Darren says, you know, Murray has a trade kicker, uh, one of the largest that's out there, if not the largest that's out there. And obviously that would, unless he waves that, put everything in peril as far as the trade there. So I, again, when it comes right down to it, Joe, Jamie, and I are just trying to be the voices of reason. It looks a little more and more because the lack of assets that we do have and the fact that there is a very real financial possibility that or incentivization that the Lakers have for staying under the cap and building the future out looking so much better if they do this summer, if they do. So we're trying to get everybody to the realization that there's more likely than not no major trades happening for us and that we will run with what they have going forward, Sean. A hundred percent, Gerald. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, yeah. I, <clears throat> norm, normally you don't, uh, if you're, like a representative, you wouldn't advise your player to uh, waive that trade kicker. But Especially because it's so large. Yeah, but in the CBA, a player does have the option of waiving it. Just nobody ever does. And for good reason, you're not going to waive a 15% trade kicker. Unless they want to get out of there. Yeah, an $18 million contract. Right, Gerald. Unless you want out badly. Um, so he's not going to waive it. So that's another... That's another 2.7 on top of the 18. That's almost $21 million for a guy whose defense has, it hasn't fallen off a cliff, but he's like that 
he's like that Buddhist monk that's hanging on the on the cherry tree with two lions. Well, Lana's one, one of the worst one at the top of the teams. cliff, one at the bottom of the cliff. Yeah, that's his defense right now. It's just hanging. It's kind of hanging there. Um, steel steel rate is down, uh, and his individual defense is tailed off a little bit as well, Gerald. But you know, a, a lot of people will make the make the um, assertion that you know a lot of that has to do with Trey Young. I, I don't buy it. Um, you know. Um, Trey Young played with half-assed shooting guards and still got to a conference finals. So I don't think DeJounte Murray can or his uh, uh, acolytes can make that uh, claim. Uh, 34% from three, although he's shooting 38% this year. Uh, I think he's just a mid-shooter that we don't need right now, Gerald. If, if you know, Being a team that gives up you know, practically – the most wide open threes in the NBA other than uh, Boston and Golden State <clears throat> aligned with the, the fact that you are one of the most average mid three-point shooting teams that's ever existed in the NBA. And you're, you, you can't even get out. You can't even get out of like the top 22. You can't even get in the top 20. Um, the Lakers need to emphasize that they need to find either a really good shooter that's kind of flying under the radar with low volume, which a lot of teams are looking at that, or you need to, like you said, kind of, kind of settle on whether you want to make a small trade, which I, me and Joe talked about this. It's likely what they're going to do either to shed salary or to uh, kind of ho-hum bring in somebody that they that they'll you know uh, play off as somebody who can help them other than that it, it's not really going to help because in order to improve this team you you don't have much in the treasure chest as Gerald has emphasized over the past six weeks and you know if you blow your load on um, Zach Levine and the uh, Apple Dumplin gank group, that is the Chicago Bulls. Um, it's not going to help us. It's it's really not. I mean, DeRozan is a very good player, but DeRozan, DeRozan is a better version of Rui Hashimura, and we see how Darvin Ham feels about Rui's mid range and ability to slash. Um, even with uh, even with being a, a homegrown bo- uh, guy, uh, somehow I still find that Darvin Ham would try and create problems with somebody like DeMar DeRozan. So I, I'm just, I don't see a, a pathway other than we're either going to stay on the road we're on or they're really going to try and hovercraft this thing, which is completely improbable to me. I can't foresee a scenario where anything like that happens. So, Magic Man, you make the call, my friend. Let me know whether or not you want to keep it aligned. Otherwise, uh, we're gonna, I think we're going to head on out. It seems like Jamie is too. So it's up to you and Joe then. Do you guys want to keep it rolling for another uh, half hour, hour? It's up to you guys. Let me know your thoughts on that before we head on out. Or or we will head on out. So you let me know. Magic Man? Magic Man? Uh, I, I'm... I... I'm I'm pretty wired. I actually came off a pretty nice date, so I'm nice. I'm good for another half hour hour. Okay, nice. Joe, uh, you want to stay on with him then, if that's the case? 
All right. Looks like uh, Jamie and I are going dark then. Once again, we, I will be back tomorrow for game preview of tomorrow for the Lakers and Clippers. Remember, LeBron James is out of the lineup. Uh, I know that Torian Prince has been taken off the injury report, so he probably will be playing. I know that Adam is really not liking that. But Jamie Sweet, go ahead and follow him today at Lakerholics.com as well. All right, guys. You've got Joe Soro, Magic Man, for the rest of your time here. Enjoy right here at the Lakers Fast Break. How exciting. Anybody <laughs> getting snacks today? I got cherries. Cherries are good. Well, it sounds like Sean got some cherries today, too. <laughs> okay. So, Sean, before you came on, we were talking about the future of the Lakers. And at least I was. Mm -hmm. And how how morbid it is. I can actually feel the morbidity uh, in my oh, in my talk. Death has a smell, Joe. Yeah, it's, smell. It's, it's definitely there. It's definitely there. And I I know that it's a it's it's a terrible way, it's a terrible thing to listen to as an audience, but what else can I do? What else can we do, folks? I don't know what else to tell you. I can't lie, folks, unless it's like a telemarketer. You know, someone to just get out of my ear. Um, I can't lie. I can't lie about this. It's just, it, 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 would, it would, would give us no credibility in the end. Or maybe if we were positive in a, in a, in a pussy-ass way, we can get away with it. But I don't like that. There's too many other people that do that. I don't, and I don't want to do that. Sugar coating, sugar coating BS is so it's, it's unbecoming. A, it's a, honestly, it's a waste of time. I don't yeah. enjoy it. And mm -hmm. looking at the landscape of, of, of just the NBA in general with the trades, this, again, is one of the worst deadlines that I can feel coming. Who's really got any value? Who's really going to make a difference for anybody? Now, there are a few things. But it's going to depend on what that team does. So you look at somebody like the Oklahoma City Thunder or, let's say, the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm -hmm. I've been saying this a few, you know, for, for, for a while, here in the last month or so, that those are the two teams, if I'm their GMs, I'm talking to Chicago and trying to get Caruso. Caruso mm -hmm. could be a difference maker with Philly and getting them to the at least to the Eastern Conference Finals. You get a player like that next to Maxi and an MVP and Bede, that might be enough to push you over. And why am I interested in that one? Folks, we're going to have to come to the realization that we're going to go from Laker fans to whomever plays Boston in the playoffs. And that's probably where a lot of my angst comes from. If, if the Celtics weren't as good as they were, I probably wouldn't be as irritable as I am now because there's this constant pressure of them finally getting over their threshold. And it happens sometimes. It happens sometimes. And they have the talent this year. Porzingis makes a difference. Just a matter of will he stay healthy long enough to make that difference? And will the pressure, you know, kill him? But... I'd like. To, I, I think it won't as long as he's healthy, which is a dangerous thing because the only thing worse than the Lakers not winning the championship right now 
or having a chance at it is the chance of the Lakers after finally coming even with the Celtics in 2020 in championships. And then not only do we screw up, or I should say the Lakers screwing up their chances of winning more, they now have to watch the Celtics go up one more time to kind of put it all down again. Because again, now the Lakers would have to win two more championships to get ahead of them. And the Lakers are probably not going to be winning any championships anytime soon. The moment LeBron leaves and, you know, if, if by some chance that AD leaves. Yeah, I'm no doubt. And great, great, um, great uh, analysis there. I, I, I agree. I, I'm not sure if we've talked about, it, but I know it's been talked about on the show. Yeah. Those are the two teams you'd likely circle as like the, like not perfect fit, but it, it's a seamless fit. Like Caruso just, just, flies into that situation and adapts immediately. And Josh Giddy and a couple of firsts for Caruso just makes way too much sense. Um, although I'm with you, Joe, I think if Maury had the only thing in this world that gives orders is balls. Uh, if Maury has a sack, um, he might make that move because I think, again, I if you put Caruso out there, with uh, Embiid and Maxi, it's a seamless fit. He fits in uh, with that group offensively and defensively. So spot on, Joseph. Those two teams would be ideal fits for him. Oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You yeah have, go ahead. Caruso has that grit that Philly loves. So not only is he going to be effective from a oh they love him from a performance standpoint, he is going to be an identity that they relate to. And sometimes that makes a difference. The Lakers, what is the big thing with the Lakers, right, with identity? Uh, Kobe, the Kobe's, the Derek Fishers, the the Ariza's, the Artes. As much as L.A. Grit. True grit. Exactly. As much as L.A. has the Hollywood theme behind it with the beaches, the heart and the pulse of L.A. is actually very workmanlike. You got neighborhoods in the L.A. County area that are blue collar. The people who go to Dodger games are blue collar. I know it's harder to get to a Laker game being blue collar unless you want to sit in 300 seats, but it's still, well, I would say when Showtime was doing its thing, it was in Inglewood. It is a suburb of LA where the fan base was a little bit more urban. And, and you know, Matt, Matt, see, I love, I love that you said that Joe, because of of all the of all the glit glitz and glamour and prestige and bourgeois that was the the uh external magic johnson internally he was a grinder his father worked two jobs and magic used that as a template for the rest of his life high school college the pros his dad worked at ford during the day and then at night, he had his own garbage business, and that entrepreneurship and that work ethic poured it oozed out of magic. He was blue collar to the bone, even though he played like a bourgeois uh, basketball player. So that was a great point you made. Yeah, my, Magic's appearance made him Hollywood. His just the like smile, LA. the the aura, right? Just and radiated his work. His work, his work ethic, 
his will to win. That's why him and Pat Riley got along so well, Joe. And I, I don't think a lot of people kind of really understand how they were able to get along. It's Pat Riles and Joe. Joe said this before. Riles is whole, you know, Armani, the slick back hair. It was all a ruse. It was a disguise. The man was blue collar as you know what inside. We run hard. You play hard. You rebound hard. And if you don't do it, I'm going to sit your ass down or I'm going to find you a new place to play. It was all disguise. Joe's talked about this before. Riles' whole kind of Armani slick back hair. I mean, he was that guy, but inside he was he was blue collar. His his dad his dad was a uh, minor league baseball player for a couple decades, right? And he I think he got to the majors if I'm not mistaken, but it was like only for a cup of coffee, and that stuck with Riles for his whole life. That. Yeah, his, his father didn't. His father felt like a failure most of yeah. his 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 upbringing, and Riles, what what the uniform does, and in in Riles's situation, the suit. You know, you've heard me talk about the suits versus the pajamas they make him wear now. I used to wear a suit to work. And there's an image that's created with that. Now I wear Under Armour shorts, Under Armour polos, or my hoodie, and under you know and Under Armour kicks with black socks, because my job says that I need to be ridiculously functional. There will be a time though where maybe not the suit will be back. But there will be an attire when I'm doing government type contracts, things like that, right? So the suit, the Armani suit, when Pat Riley was wearing it, because they were wearing suits before then. It's just that Pat Riley took it up to another level. What he said was, is I am about looking good, coaching well, and winning. There's an image to that. There's a Look visual. the part, be the part. You 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 want to you want to be you want to be at the top of everything. The look, the demeanor, the execution, and the results. And magic was the same way except he wore a jersey and shorts. And when he went on fast breaks, the, he could have made, he could have made the pass and still gotten the points. It's so what ironic he, too, right, Joe? Because Larry, yeah. Larry, Larry Birds, oh, I look like a hick. I drive a pickup truck. I use spit and tobacco. It was all ruse because you think I'm just some dumb hick that came out that came out from French Lick, but really. I'm smarter than your ass. I'm better than your ass. And it's all a ruse because you're you're dumb. You're dumb. It was who he was. And most simpletons think once you have money, you have to turn into something. And he used that as a weapon. 
he used the ruse as a weapon in that just because I'm famous, just because I have money, just because I'm good at what I do, I'm still going to be a certain way and you're going to admire it. You're going to admire it. You're going to admire it. it. You got to respect that. That's why I think Riles had so much respect for him because he saw him uh, using the same ploy, the same ruse as, as himself. It was just a different look, but the same idea. And the question now is, are we ever going to see that again? Will we ever see that again? Are we going to see players who take pride in showing up to work every day and looking like they're supposed to instead of sitting on the sidelines eating food and wearing beanies that are four, four sizes too large? Are we outdated, Sean? No, Are sir. we outdated? No. Are we really outdated? Nope. I'm telling you right now, for some reason, if there's some way where we're, I, I don't think we'll ever get to a, a fame of, of 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 a LeBron James, or a Pat Riley, or a Magic, but will you be that guy? Will you be what you preach? Are you going to be the person that looks the part, acts the part, and brings in the results at the same time? Because maybe there will be a renaissance down the road. Maybe there will be someone who comes out and says, "Look, I want to go ahead and." bring back a little bit of what 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 I think is class. And Joe, I agree 100%, which is why I, w- I want to emphasize here and it's, it, it really mm, hasn't really been brought up, but it's kind of it's under it's under the dirt right now. Okay? So we know as an organization right now we're kind of grave diggers in there. The front office, Darvinham kind of digging their own grave right now this team needs an injection of youth at the top and i table the idea that why don't you give joey and jesse the wheel right now jesse jesse built up jesse built up the defenders when the defenders weren't very, weren't even uh, uh, an average G League team. Then he built up the South Bay Lakers. Joey has been an uh, excellent scout. Found Austin Reeves, found Alex Caruso, found Thomas Bryant. He's an ex. He's been an excellent evaluator of talent. I would seriously consider if I was Genie giving those two guys the top job. Because I think she, what happened, what, so this isn't a, a very pleasant conversation and I'm, I'm, I'm only going to mention it briefly. <clears throat> when the late Kobe Bean Bryant left us, Jeannie lost pretty much her only like trust magnet, Joe, because at that point her dad was gone. Um, she really hadn't had any kind of voice that she could trust. And that was just a huge blow to her, not only from, you know, a a familial point of view, but running a basketball team because she couldn't bounce ideas off of somebody and get their honest opinion. And unfortunately, and you you know, you know this a lot better than I do being a a well-rounded businessman, nepotism creates distrust. So you never really 
have an open mind about anything you're you're unfamiliar with. So if that's the case, and we have to live live with that as fans, so be it. Why don't you give your brothers a shot? Why don't you give your brothers a shot? You you gave one shot a, a shot already. Why not why not give the two guys that have proven themselves on uh, every ladder that they've had to climb a shot here? I would rather see Joey and Jesse in that spot than Rob Palinka. And I'd be willing to deal with if they wanted to build up the Lakers gradually again instead of just instead of just blowing your wad on a superstar, which I think is their philosophy. They would rather build the draft than free agency. I also agree with that philosophy. The issue I would say with that is she might be worried that if they fail, she's going to have to deal with the family repercussions again. Mm. So in order for her to do that, it's got to be really, really clear that they know what they're doing versus giving them a shot. And that's, that's the scary part, which in some, in some way I don't, I, I, (laughs) I can understand that. Uh, But if you were worried about, if you were worried about trust and you're running this business, I'm sorry to say that maybe you're not in the right spot then because you have been in business long enough to where you should be able to recognize who you can bring in to trust. It's no different than understanding certain family members that are coherent in a relationship. It's at some point you have to know who you need to hire. You have to know who your friends are and who, who aren't your friends. And you're not going to get every friend. I'm not saying every friend needs to be the same. I have friends that I've been close with for 30 years that are complete jackasses, but they're not here every day with me. So it's different. I can still maintain a relationship with them because number one, I tend to be a judger around people Mm -hmm. and those who are doing stupid things tend to get resentful of that. But if they're far enough away where it's not a day to day thing, it's a little bit different. And then, of course, everyone that's close to me here is pretty stable. They don't, you know, they don't go do stuff behind their wives. They don't do drugs. They don't do any of that. So there's a balance you have to figure out. And there's an understanding of what will work here, what will work there. And then there's also scales with certain people. But in her situation, she, I, I, you know, I'm sorry that Kobe Bryant's gone, but that's still not a good excuse to not try and figure out a way to hire credible, coherent people who are going to help your team be successful. And Rob Palinka being the extension of Kobe, I don't know about that. Kobe's not perfect either, folks. Kobe wasn't perfect, okay? So... I, I, I and generally players when it comes to executive decisions in sports, if you look at the history of executive decisions by especially great players, it's not a good track record because no one can be Kobe. No one can be Jordan and Shaq. These guys are so astronomically better than 
almost everyone that they've ever played with. There's no, they, you can't, they cannot relate. They cannot relate. Jerry West is an anomaly, a great player who became a great evaluator. That guy has a different, he has different genetics. I can't explain it. You just don't see a great player like Jerry West become what he became as an executive. It's, it's one of very, very few people that have been able to do it. Larry Bird was able to do it for a little while. Even he got tired. So the, the, last thing, the last thing here before we head out is the future of the Lakers is, is something that we're going to have to start looking at here. And it doesn't look like it's going to be a smooth ride. And until, until we figure out what the next step is, uh, in terms of what direction they're going to go, if it's not going to be a championship, uh, we're going to find out here. I think I really believe after the after this Grammy road trip, we're going to really get an idea of what's going to happen with this team. Uh, if 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 we finally get to the point where it's a hundred percent right now, it's probably ninety nine percent for me, hundred percent where they're just not going to do anything this year. Then the organization is going to have to make a decision on what they want to do, and they're going to need to get on it quicker than normal. And, uh, and with that, again, Sean, thanks for coming in late here uh, and, and, and talking a little bit about some of the stuff going on here with the Lakers. And uh, for all of you who have been on here for, for an hour and a half, thank you for being on Snack Pack. We're going to be back tomorrow for the post game for the Clippers and obviously pregame as well. I'm usually not here for the pregames because I'm not usually available. And then the Lakers nightcap will be on again uh, tomorrow night at 11. I try to do the nightcap uh in conjunction with games uh, there might be a future show where it will be on let's say every day or i might do a morning joe if you will i know i got some requests on a morning show i don't know when i don't know how that's going to set up but i will let you know if it does until then thank you for joining us have a great evening and we'll see you tomorrow